I've been following the adventures of Kyle Rayner since 1994, and that's nothing special. I imagine a lot of you listening have done the same thing. I haven't even read all of his stories. You know, there's plenty of guest spots and crossovers and team books that I just never got around to. I figured, why bother? You know, they were side content at best. Maybe they'd be fun, maybe they'd have cool art, but they weren't really important because they weren't in a lantern book, and the proper lantern books are where everything important to the characters would always happen. That's what I thought until about a week ago when I read 2015's The Omega Men by writer Tom King. The whole thing is set in the Vega system, a solar system off-limits to the Green Lantern Corps. The planets of the Vega system are ruled over and exploited by a corporation known as the Citadel, which will do anything up to and including complete genocide of an entire world to further its own ends. A big thing in this story is the Citadel exploiting the destruction of Krypton to market and sell a rare mineral that can stabilize planetary cores which can only be found in the Vega system, which subsequently means the Citadel has to commit more than one global genocide to acquire the planet necessary to mine the ore. The Citadel is opposed by the Omega Men, a ragtag group of, well, extremists and terrorists, made up from people across Vega who either survived the Citadel's bloodshed or just can't stand living under their boot anymore. They fully believe the ends justify the means, as long as it eventually leads to the fall of the Citadel down the line. They'll leave thousands of innocent people to be executed if it means there's a good opening to steal a ship. They'll crash a space station into the heart of a major city if it means killing one high-value target. Any loss of life is acceptable, as long as it serves their greater good. And then there's Kyle Rayner, the White Lantern who decided to go in there and save everyone. He agrees to check his ring at the door and go meet with the Omega Men to negotiate a peaceful ceasefire. Everything that happens next is probably among the most pivotal and important experiences of Kyle's entire life. Because not only is he stripped of his powers and kidnapped by the Omega Men, not only is he forced to act as their accomplice, not only does he bear witness to some of the most senseless tragedy you can imagine, but he endures it for about a year and a half. My math is fuzzy, and the book calls it out as having been a year, but the captions denoting the passage of time throughout the story seem to add up to a year and change at least. And that's important. Time is important in this story, more important than in most superhero stories, because it means that everything Kyle is witnessing and doing and going through isn't some event that'll pass. It's the natural state of things. It's just life in the Vega system. The corruption, the murder, the blood-soaked politics, the evils that cannot be stopped or even fought in the conventional way because they're not villains with an agenda trying to enact their sinister plan. They're systemic problems rooted in the very core of how everyone in the Vega system lives their lives. Kyle spends the bulk of this story without his ring, reinforcing the idea that he's literally powerless to enact meaningful change and instead just has to go with the flow and do what he's told. Not that he does, mind you, he, he's still a lantern after all. He resists his captors at every turn, he denounces their extremist beliefs, condemns their methods, and still advocates for a peaceful solution. At one point, 
Kyle successfully arranges a meeting where he holds court in front of every influential leader in the galaxy, firmly believing that if everyone just had all the facts, then they'd make the bad things stop and work together to build a better way of life for everyone. It didn't go well. Kyle's a fish out of water, not only because he's the only Earthling in this book, but also because he's trying to use classic superhero ideals to sway billions of people who just do not live their lives that way. For generations, everything about their society and their religion has been based on the idea that there can only be two extremes, and only one can be right, and you had better be ready to do whatever it takes to protect what little you have. Simply talking was never going to work because a lack of information was never the problem. Vega is the way it is, because everyone there believes it has to be, and you can't undo a lifetime of experiences with words alone. And you're reading this, and you're a Green Lantern fan, and you know the moment is coming. That one magical moment where Kyle is going to get his ring back and everything is going to change. The balance of power will shift and Kyle will finally have the ability to enact what he's been wanting to do since the beginning. And that moment comes, and it's kind of tragic. Kyle's costume becomes a barometer for his state of mind. He came to Vega as the White Lantern, a literal white knight in shining armor come to save the day. When he suits up for the first time, after all he's seen and been through, his costume manifests as a black suit with some bits of color coursing through it, reflecting how tainted he feels from the experience. The struggle to keep the ring lit is a metaphor for how emotionally taxing the war is that he now finds himself fighting. It's a war of ideals, so no show of force is ever going to end it decisively. Half a year passes once Kyle gets his ring back, and the only way he can save anyone is to fight their war their way. And by the time it's over, though he still tries his best to defuse the final conflict with words, words that some do listen to, not enough listen. And the war ends with the kind of victory Kyle never wanted to achieve. And his costume remains a very telling shade of gray, because he still wants to believe that there's a better way, that all this could have been avoided, but he was just shown for a straight calendar year that no, there wasn't. This story makes the classic hero aspect of Kyle more noticeable than in other books, because unlike with the Green Lantern Corps or the Justice League, where Kyle is surrounded by characters who share those same values, and may even have them stronger than he does, in Vega, Kyle's the only person who thinks that way. And that's fascinating. Not because they can tear his values down, but rather because we can interrogate why he built them up so high in the first place. We get a wonderfully well-written scene where Kyle talks about the fact that he was the only person in the history of the Corps who was just handed a ring out of the blue without having to meet any requirements, and how scared he was all the time. How the death of Alex made him triple down on his determination to save lives, to save everyone. And to see what's been happening in Vega, to see an entire planet reduced to a mass grave while he was off flying around in his shiny white suit playing superhero, it shakes him to the core. It makes him furious with the people who did the killing. It makes him furious with himself for not being there. It makes him furious with God for allowing it to happen. 
It reminds him that no matter how much power he has or how much good he does, there will always be something like this happening somewhere, whether he knows it or not. It shatters his delusion that a hero can save everyone, and in a very sobering moment, forces him to be honest with himself about his role in the universe for probably the first time. They call him the Omega Lantern in the last few issues of the story, partly because he's a lantern allied with the Omega Men, but also because he's become a man at odds with himself over how to see the world and how to really save people. The Omega Men and the Lanterns have completely incompatible ideologies, and Kyle has been put in a position where he now has to reconcile both within himself. And to his credit, he works it out pretty well. Every single character from Vega thinks in binary extremes and carries those beliefs through to their bloodiest conclusion. But the one thing Kyle's always been able to hold on to through all of this is that coming from the outside of Vega, being a hero, being the White Lantern, has shown Kyle that people aren't pure extremes. We're not all one way or the other. We're not all black or all white. We're all gray. We're all a mix. We're all both. We're civilized and we're savages, all at the same time. And that knowledge is what keeps him from losing who he is in the face of all this. But it also forces him to realize that everything that makes the villain of this arc so awful are qualities that are present in everyone, even Kyle himself. People always call Kyle Rayner DC's Peter Parker. He's the everyman superhero. His greatest strength is that he's the most human. And to be human is to be flawed. This story is about Kyle's flaws. The flaws of his ideology, the flaws of his morality, the flaws of his faith. This is a story that exposes all of the cracks in the armor that he wears to protect himself. The duty of a lantern, the ideals of a hero, the symbol that stands for something so great that nobody could actually live up to it. This is a story that exposes the vulnerable person underneath, forces him to reconcile his beliefs and ideals with the universe that could not care less about them, and in doing so, truly makes Kyle Rayner human. Something I've come to really appreciate is the way Tom King takes the sheen off of DC heroes. Usually, that kind of thing is limited to some dark subversion of normally idealistic characters like Injustice or Dark Knight Returns, but that's not what King does. In a way, I think the way Tom King treats these characters as people is similar to the way Jeff Johns did with Continuity. He takes a look at the history and adds something that makes sense for the current story while giving a broader context to what came before. I think about Kyle's origin differently now that I've read The Omega Men. Hell, I think about his entire career as a lantern differently because now some dots are connected that just weren't before. And it does make Kyle a more tragic character, but it also makes him a stronger one. Because even though the goal he's chasing to save everyone to make up for not saving Alex, even if that's impossible, Trying to achieve it has allowed him to push himself to new heights and do amazing things that otherwise would have been out of his reach. Kyle Rayner is now a character that teaches me that our faults expose our limits and how we deal with those limits open new doors. And I think that is pretty damn cool. This entire 12-issue series is collected into a volume called The Omega Men, The End Is Here. 
and I highly recommend it. Especially if you're a Kyle Rayner fan who skipped it, either because it's just some side book or you were turned off after you heard about Kyle's execution in issue one. This is a heavily political story with a ton ripped straight from the headlines, and much like Tom King's more recent work, Heroes in Crisis, it does not pull punches with your favorite characters. And honestly, both the story and the characters are better for it. If you have any thoughts about the Omega Men, Kyle's time with them, this approach to portraying beloved characters, or the work of Tom King in general, send it to mosaicdanpodcast at gmail.com. I'm Dan Kurtzke. This has been episode four. Thank you for listening to my mosaic.